Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Tammy LeBrec. Yes, y'all. Buckle up and get your pens ready because it is so good. Yes. So so much information all about newsletters, automations, reader magnets. What to do with your newsletter if you haven't been handling it right. It's just so good. So good. Tammy is so stinking smart. She's one of the the first people that I really went to. And she introduced me to David Gogren, which who helped. You all know how I feel about David Gogren. So, um, yeah, super yes. smart. Yes. So, ton, and she has lots of ideas. Yeah. So many suggestions and tips and ideas for, like, if you're stuck on how to get yeah. started. So, yeah. yeah. So, lots of good stuff coming up. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, how are you? Well, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yes. Today's November 2nd. So, yesterday was a month. And, uh, but... But it was okay. It was okay. Uh, today was a little hard, but uh, it was pretty good. I have started some ads, and they're actually doing okay. So that's good. Uh, that's probably the only writer thing I've done. But listening to Tammy, I, I did think, you know what? I could work on my automation. Like, that's pretty low creative. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I mean... I have automations and they work, mm-hmm. but they can be better probably. But you can find them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, they're pretty much the same automations I've had since I started. I just sort of <laughs> change it as I go, yeah. you know, with the each book. So that's something I could work on. So I might do that this week and yeah. see. I'm at my mom's uh, this week again, just helping with some, you know, clean up and uh, my my brother in law is trying to sell the house because he wants to move to you know closer to my mom and dad and for my niece and um, so we're we're helping with that and, you know but we did do Halloween and mm-hmm. uh, I have pictures on my uh, Facebook profile and they're so fun it was a really fun weekend it's actually a birthday party for four the four littles okay. the four four three and two year old. And so uh, my daughter's party planner. So it was such a party, but uh, the costumes were hilarious. My husband and I were giraffes. And uh, so, okay, so, <laughs> so now that I was have to go see that. I don't know how yeah, I missed yeah, that. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's about me. What's going on with you? Um, okay. So I'm doing fulfillment for the Kickstarter. Great. So, yes. I've, the digital rewards have gone out. And now I just have to do the physical print books and letters. And those are yeah. so close to being ready to go. That's awesome. So I'm really excited about that. And just like to finish that. Like I feel yeah. like like the end of it has been a learning curve just as much right. as the running it. So now right. I've kind of learned how. And I'm so afraid I'm going to mess something up because right. I hadn't used Backer Kick before. It uh, uh, helps you keep track of everything, but it's a little complicated. Oh, and so okay. I keep emailing their support, which they're very good. Keep emailing them and say, Hey, uh, 
am I doing this right? And they're like, yes, you're fine. Or no, how about I do that for you? And I'm like, yeah. thank you. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're really good. But um, speaking of Kickstarter, yeah. the um, Kickstarter Accelerator, uh, Russell and Monica's program is open until November 23rd. And so that's the course that I took that kind of gave me the big overview. Yeah. Well, actually, it's very detailed. It's yeah. has like any question you have, there's an answer in there. And if it's not in there, you can message them through their groups and they'll answer you. So that w- I'll have that link in the show notes. Yeah. So. And it's affiliate link. So uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's awesome. I think yeah. that. Um, so I would yeah. definitely say mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it, that's yep. probably a good thing to try out. And uh, um, so, yeah, I've been doing that. Um, getting back into writing a little bit. I feel like I'm coming back to the surface after being submerged yeah. external for a while. Yeah. yeah. And then just like all kinds of like thinking about holidays and, uh-huh. you know, if we're traveling and, you know, yeah. getting all that sorted out. So yeah. that's, 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 true. that's true. all yeah. that going on. So yeah. Yeah. I know. I can't believe it's November. It's crazy. Fast, but yeah. time change. The last time change we yeah. supposedly will ever have happens Sunday. Cause yeah. I guess, well, the last fallback. I have to spring forward one more time. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll be done. Then we'll be done. Which is, yeah. I'm happy about. Yeah. <laughs> Only a hundred years too late, but you know, whatever. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we should get on with the interview because y'all, yes. y'all, it's long. I mean, it's a, it's a good meaty interview. So mm-hmm. you're going to want to listen and uh, we'll get on and make this short. So all right. y'all so have a good day. Yeah. So here's Tammy. Well, today we are so excited to talk to Tammy Lebrecht. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here. Uh, we're so happy you're here. We have lots of questions. We do. We're going to talk about newsletters, but first let me read your bio and then we'll get started. <laughs> Tammy Lebrecht lives in central Maine with three spoiled cats, two neurotic dogs, and dozens of fictional characters that keep her awake at night. She writes under a few pen names across several genres, including urban fantasy, thriller, and lit RPG. Under her own name, you can find her writing romance novels that no one reads or teaching at newsletterninja.net. That's great. That's, That's great. me. <laughs> That's her. That's her doing a lot of things. <laughs> Too many all things. At one, all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> so we've known Tammy for a while. We met um, at the Smart Artist. Smart artist. Some, the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Nope. The second one. The I didn't go to one. the first one. Yeah. The second one. So that's um, like 2016 or something. 2017? Uh, 2017 would yeah. be the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Back in been the a dark long time. Ages of any yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a lot's happened since then. So tell us how you got into writing, Tammy. Um, I have always written. I know that that's the standard answer, yeah. but like for real, I've always written. Um, I was obviously a voracious reader as a kid, as most writers I know. Um, started writing stories when I was very little and they were pretty terrible, as you would imagine. Um, but you know, the more you read, the more you kind of understand like how a story works. It's the only thing right. I ever wanted to do. Uh. Um, so I got, um, my first, my first traditional publishing credit, I, you can't see it obviously, but it's the contract is hanging on the wall behind me because I got to rest on those laurels. Um, in 1994, <laughs> for a short story in a really difficult market, which I did not realize, or I probably wouldn't have submitted. Um, so that like early validation, mm-hmm. given my crippling imposter syndrome, that early validation actually carried me an astonishingly long way. Like oh, even. Wow, yeah. 
like through all the years when I was doing, cause this was the dark ages. So I was doing like queries and stuff, mm-hmm. even through all of that, I was just like, I know I can write. So it's right. just a matter of getting it together. Um, and then indie publishing came along. I was keeping an eye on that. Like, Oh, maybe I'll do that. This is like 2012 right. ish. And then I got fired from my job at the end of 2014, October, mm-hmm. 2014, in fact. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, Instead of just getting another crappy office job, what if yeah. I just went for it? Like, I, right. and I did. It was lean for a little while, as you can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but by the end of the following spring, so like April, May ish of the following year, that would be 2015, I was supporting us just with our writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, then I did the thing where I took on some side jobs and the writing income went down. And that's a trend that is very hard to reverse. And right. so, my writing has really fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually took 2013 off from writing entirely to build up the newsletter ninja kind of mm-hmm. brand, which I had mm-hmm. been neglecting. So that's what I am. 2022, mm-hmm. I'm just a ninja. Yeah. January, yeah. I'm back on Scrivener. I'm excited. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. That's exciting. Yeah, Tammy, um, you worked for Sterling Stone. I did um, briefly and, in 2017. Yeah, and but also. I mean, you're just kind of one of those people that knows things, I think. <laughs> I've always just, that's what I've always, like when I started and I remember messaging you and saying, hey, you know, my book, like the first six weeks or something was doing great. No, about four weeks. It was doing really great. And then it dropped. And then all of a sudden it came back. And was doing really great. And I messaged you. I was like, what is happening? And you you said, um, you said, you probably have just gotten in the Amazon algorithm. And that's what's carrying you. And it was, I think that was true. And then also she told me the second best thing I've ever known, I've ever heard was when you are um, setting up your book report, set it to 0.004. So, but yeah, that's, yeah, I think because I did say, oh, my gosh, like it dropped. And you were like, change that book report immediately. <laughs> and it was great advice. It, it didn't really, drop, really friend. Advice. That money was an illusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, those were tough times, man. Yeah. Now things have obviously pretty much stabilized and yeah, we kind of yeah. know where it is lower yeah. than we'd like. But, it, yeah. you know, we know. But, yeah, back yeah. in the day, it was really volatile yes, and everybody would cry on the 29th, yeah. you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the olden so, days. Yeah, the, the olden days. days. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is your definition of success? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, it's both tough and not tough. Uh, honestly, uh, and my definition of success is going to feel very underwhelming, maybe to a lot of your listeners. But I would actually ask them to think about it. Yeah. In a in a world where, in a space in indie publishing, in a world where we hear a lot about six figure authors and people who launched a number one in the store and all of that, it's really easy to let your head get super messed up and mm-hmm. think about that as success. And that is super successful. And if it happened to me, I would work it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look at this. <laughs> But to me, honestly, success for me is just enough. Mm -hmm. Having enough Mm -hmm. is all that I care about. All I want to do is, frankly, not have to get a job where I punch a time clock and do what somebody else tells me. So, um, 
and enough is going to vary for different people. If you're trying to write your your husband or your wife out of their day job so that they can stay home and help you with the business or whatever, your needs are bigger. If you live in New York City, your enough is larger. Mm-hmm. I live in central Maine. It's pretty low cost of living here. Um, I no longer have to take care of kids, although I'll tell you that college bill is mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, shock there, isn't it? Yeah. Although, you know, given what I was feeding her before she left, <laughs> so maybe it comes out in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, enough is lower for me than some people might expect. And I don't need to be a six figure author. I can be a five figure author is totally fine. Um, So for me, success very much is where do you get to the point where you're not worried about sustaining yourself Mm -hmm. and you can continue to do the thing that you're doing at a pace that works without burning out and all of that. It's just enough for me is what success is. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, I, I love that. I'm, I am uh, working on being more positive and you don't know how uh, negative you are until you start trying to be more positive. And, um, <laughs> but that is really true. And, you know, I've talked about that with my sister and everything is that I had enough to, to be able to be with her. And for me, mm. there's nothing more successful than that. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I love that. And I do think that it would help our mental health a lot if we kind of um, thought about sat with that for a while. Yeah, Yeah. I really I mean, I believe in it so strongly. And part of that, of course, is because I'm an absolute acolyte of Becca Syme, who I know you guys know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And Becca talks a lot about sustainability and burnout. And it was actually Becca who I'm not even going to lie, kind of saved me mm-hmm. when I had this horrific burnout in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I canceled a book. I canceled the second newsletter ninja book. I mm-hmm. I was launching something like every month, not a book, mind you, but like a newsletter ninja thing, mostly like every month for like two years. And mm-hmm. I just had a straight up kind of breakdown. And mm-hmm. Becca was just like, you got to s- just stop working, which I don't think is a thing she says very often, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. like just stop. Yeah. Um, and the burnout was real. The stress Mm -hmm. was real. I was definitely the definition of working harder, not smarter. I wish, oh, here we go. Here's the title. I wish I had known that like (laughs) there was a way way to leverage things a little better. And, you know, Becca kept telling me that there's a way Mm -hmm. to leverage your ninja situation so that when you get back to fiction, you can do a little bit better. And I was like, no, there isn't Becca. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. Of course there is. Becca's always right. So, um, I think that that burnout situation is so common among people who are striving to meet some kind of goal that they right. think they see other people making. Right. And it's awful. And I'd also caution people to remember that you don't know what's behind that success. Number one on Amazon can be because for reasons you don't understand, a gazillion people just bought your book, but it can also be because you're spending 70% of your income on ads. Right. You don't know how that right. person is there. So right. Yeah. Just keep your eyes on your own paper and do mm-hmm. whatever gets you enough. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the reason we asked this question is because yeah. the definition of success for everyone is different. And we've had tons of different answers on this, but it's like, it is easy to fall into the money. This level of money equals this certain amount of success. And so that's mm-hmm. why we asked this because I was thinking about this the other day. We've had so many different authors on that have, do part-time, they do subscription, they do Patreon, you know, they have all these different ways that they achieve their goals. And I was like, it's very cool that um, there is such a variety of ways. Yeah. 
It really is. I have a ton of um, students. I do uh, one-on-one clients as well, but I only have a handful of those people like whose automations and things I Mm -hmm. design and and install for them. But mostly I have um, courses and I have students come through and they're at just every level you can possibly imagine. Um, I have students come through who are just going to they're real good and they're just maybe going to get a little tweak. And then I have students come through who don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. Great. I'm happy to help them. Um, I have people who have, like you said, Patreons because they've got some specialized niche and they know that, that readers will want more info about that from them. I've had a student who writes about Russian um, fairy tales. And so he's got a whole Patreon where he actually talks just about those instead of incorporating them into a story, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, People who make a ton of money, people who don't make any money. And I'll tell you, the money does not necessarily make people happier once you get past the point of not worrying about being homeless. (laughs) Money money can, in (laughs) fact, buy happiness if you don't have any. But there's a point at which... You know, yeah. it's just more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Although if I had it, like I said, I'd figure out how to spend it. it yeah. I'd work it out. Right. It's a problem you could deal with, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we should say, like, Tammy, had, what we're talking about when we say Newsletter Ninja, if you've never heard of oh, yeah. Tammy, which is hard to believe. But, I mean, it, she has two books, Newsletter Ninja, How to Become an Author Mailing List Expert, and the second book, Newsletter Ninja 2, if you give a reader a cookie, (laughs) supercharge your author author mailing list with a perfect reader magnet. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, just like, hello, did we even say that? I don't think I don't know. We did. We're a little bit out of practice. We're a little out of practice. So (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) So that's that's what we're talking about. That's me. That's what I am. I am apparently a newsletter ninja, which is not a thing I christened myself. I feel like calling yourself a ninja is a little, (laughs) I think probably the only thing worse would be to like call yourself a guru, which is the worst word in the universe. And I hate it. I've called myself a guru. (laughs) Well, Jamie, stop it. Gurus are the worst. Um, You are a ninja though with newsletters. You you really are ideas. One of my, uh, one of my kind of, you know, when you're like working on a sales page, which is to the point of how I neglected my business, I just learned how to do last year and I'm still not great at it. Um, There's, you know, you kind of have like little hooks there. And my two big hooks there are um, you're an author, not a marketer, and your newsletter can't be your full-time job. Because that's what I hear from people who show up. They're like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to learn marketing. I want to write books. And then I got to have this newsletter. Um, And the other one is you don't need a guru. You need a ninja. Like you do not need the wise guy on the wise guy, the wise man, I guess you'd call him on the mountain, you know, teaching you everything about everything. You just need someone that will get in some ninja stars, take care of your one problem and get the hell out like an assassin. That's what you need. Yeah, probably couldn't call myself an assassin because then they wouldn't <laughs> let me be on on Facebook or whatever. So we went with Ninja. Um, Ninja's better. Yeah, that's yeah. what I am. Plus, I I've got it. that 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 avatar, which is like yeah. the gift so that you're giving man. Yeah. He's so cute. He's so cute. Yeah. He's super cute. God bless my cover designer for that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So. Um, well, we talked about what you wish you'd known about writing and craft, but uh, let's talk about what you wish you'd known about marketing and things like that when you started. <sighs> well, <laughs> it's a, that's actually, yeah. Wow. So here's the thing. I wrote, okay, so I worked for Sterling and Stone back in 2017. Yeah. 
which was very fortunate for me because it gave me a pretty wide exposure to the indie community. They right. came to know who I was. Right. So even after I was no longer working for Sterling and Stone, like when people would say my name, folks still yeah. knew who I was. So God right. bless. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I left, one of the things I thought I could do was to teach people some of the stuff I had learned playing with their catalog. They, as mm-hmm. people may know, have massive catalog across a ton of genres. Right. And so right. I had learned a lot working on their advertising, their launches and their newsletters. So right. I started out teaching actually little kind of mini classes on those three things, newsletters, um, advertising, like Facebook ads, not Facebook ads, I'm sorry, Amazon ads. Mm-hmm. And um I guess I did all three kinds of ads, but whatever. And uh, launches. Mm -hmm. So, but here's the thing. Advertising obviously got insanely hard and crazy expensive. um, And launches got super unpredictable. Like when I was talking about them in 2017 and 2018, you could do some really reliable things and you Mm -hmm. would get some really reliable results. Now I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope someone in your genre sends you out to their newsletters because I don't know any other way. So- so essentially, I was like, I'm not comfortable teaching those things because if you can't produce results in them, why would you teach? Right. And people see my ranks. So, I mean, yeah. it's a bit much for me to be out there going, I'll teach you how to sell books. Yeah. So instead, I said, I'll teach you how to write good newsletters because when I was publishing with my steamy pen name, publishing very erratically, I'm a very slow writer. I had a lot of other side jobs. Um, she had like a serial, an unfinished serial. And by the end, one like regular novel sized mm-hmm. book. And, but she had an email list of like 12,000 people mm-hmm. who had crazy good open rates, crazy good replies. And while I didn't really have any books to sell them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was an absolute darling on the newsletter swap market right, right. because I was going to deliver you five, six, 700 clicks reliably. Right. Right. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'm kind of good at this thing. Mm-hmm. It comes very naturally to me. People will ask me for advice about a, a problem. Like who knew you're going to be good at newsletters? Like what a weird thing. But yeah. people will say, I have this problem. Here's what I don't know or can't do with my newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, oh, well, have you tried X? And then they'll say, where did you hear that? And I'm like, I made it up in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, obviously there's some kind of intuitive thing here. And over the years, what I've decided, honestly, is it's because I have that I have a um ADHD mm-hmm. and I have that ADHD ability to become hyper focused and perseverate on things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I am a super fan of stuff. I'm not right. lukewarm about anything. Right. I like Doctor Who and I like it more than most of everyone. And I yeah. really like the good place and I was their biggest fan. And I become this crazy super fan of things. So when it comes to using your newsletter to kind of turn people into crazy super fans, I know how to do that (laughs) because that's who I am is the crazy super Mm -hmm. fan. Mm -hmm. So um, I just started helping people and then I blew up that course and then I wrote the book in 2018, Mm -hmm. which sold so much better than I could ever have expected. Um, I truly did not imagine that. Huge shout out to David Gogren, who I know was a champion for that book and it helped a lot. Yeah. Um, Because his audience is vast and and crazy. And, um, and it's just gone upward from there. But Mm -hmm. like I said, I neglected it a lot. So what I wish I had known was from the beginning, I wish I had known how powerful it could be that people were listening to me. Mm -hmm. And that if I learned more about business and marketing, Mm -hmm. 
I could really have done something with it. I guess the thing I wish I'd known is that I didn't have to be ashamed of the fact that I wasn't making a full-time writing, a full-time living from writing, but instead I was doing this other thing because Mm -hmm. it was such a source of honestly shame for me Mm -hmm. that I just like, didn't want to talk about it and kind of only launched a course when the money ran low. And like, it was a whole thing this past year, since I started last late summer, really like taking courses about things and learning how to write sales pages and actually structure a course instead of my loosey goosey nonsense and whatever. Um, The business has improved so much. I'm really proud of everything I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. Um, I made more in the last 12 months. It's still not a lot, guys. Don't think I'm going to retire to Cabo, but I made more in the last 12 months than I did probably in the four years previous. I'm not even that's and fabulous. I, I wish I had known that I didn't have to be ashamed that it was okay to supplement yes. with something yes. else. Right, yes. right. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a couple of questions because you talked about how people would ask you questions and say, mm-hmm. help me with this. So what are the most common questions that you would hear? What are the most common problems people have with their newsletters? Well, here's another, I wish I'd known because wow, this whole thing turned out to be a really good, really good title. I was like, yeah. I don't, I, there's nothing I wish I knew, which is a very arrogant thing to say, but it turns out, <laughs> turns out there's plenty. Um, I wish I had known to really listen to people when they ask me and tell me what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have actually spent a great deal of time trying to create content for people courses, mini courses. I have like a planner that you can download. I have a bunch of stuff that people can avail themselves of. And then people would say to me, that's awesome. What I really would like is I just don't know what to write. Can you just tell Mm -hmm. us what to write? And I'd be like, no, you're an author. You know how to write. You don't need me for that part. Here's another cool course I made. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I love this course. Do you think you could tell us what to write? In Uh our emails. Uh (laughs) So for like five years, I've been like, you guys don't need that. That's nonsense. And that's one of the reasons this is such an awesome time to be appearing here Mm -hmm. is that I am actually launching something that's going to tell you what to write in your email. That's awesome. So I finally decided to listen to what people told me. So Mm -hmm. that is the number one question I get. What do I write? I sit down, the page is blank, and I want to go lie in the road. So I just Mm -hmm. walk away. Um, But beyond that, and that truly by far and away is the number one question. But after that, probably the two biggest questions are, how do I do X on MailerLite or Active Campaign or whatever? Because the mechanics of it are really defeating for people. And of course, it's different. Every platform is different on everything that they can do and how you do it. Right. Um, So I've had to learn, I've had to get some facility with various systems. I'm mostly good with Active Campaign and MailerLite, but I'm adding ConvertKit in December. I'm going to do a deep dive there. So I really want to be able to help people with those those levers because they really ask those questions a lot. In the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be kind of, you know, here's the philosophy of it. But people really want those. They want the levers. Um, And then the second thing is, I'm kind of actually weighing it in my head. They ask a lot about unsubscribes. People are super worried about unsubscribes, which Mm -hmm. spoiler, don't worry. It's fine. (laughs) Some people are not for you. It's fine. (laughs) They're not for everyone. Um, And then probably the other thing that they worry the most about is automated sequences, especially like a welcome sequence, Mm -hmm. because they know Mm -hmm. that they're supposed to do that. But like, what, what do I say? How many emails do I send? Uh, how to, you know, like they just don't yeah. know how to handle those, those sequences. Right. Um, so those are the things I'm focusing on right now. And hopefully 
maybe I, I can solve them in a widespread enough way that people will have other questions, like other right. problems will surface, which would be right. nice. Yeah. yeah. That's those, those are great. Those are great. Those are the biggies. Okay. Big questions. And like, I mean, I don't know. I just think is a long automated system better? Is a short one better? It does it vary. It like, does. It depending does. Depending on who you are, what you write. You know the kind of the game that everyone plays with Becca, where yeah. like if Becca says it depends, you take a yeah. shot. Yeah. You can totally yeah. just put move <laughs> play that game over here in the ninja area as yeah. well because. That's the other thing is that it's so much depends. So mm-hmm. I really see my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what I do at Ninja mm-hmm. is to go kind of out there into the bigger internet marketing world yeah. and figure out all this crap that they're talking about. Yeah. And then I got to sit with it and translate it so that it sort of works for authors, right? Right, right. Because they're selling whatever, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, coaching, courses, uh you know, whatever hope. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I always say, you know what they're selling hope. Yeah. But bringing that like internet marketer lingo back to us doesn't mm-hmm. really work very well. So if you mm-hmm. go out into the world and you say, and you Google welcome sequences, mm-hmm. what you're going to get is essentially from almost every internet marketer, the same series of like five or seven emails that mm-hmm you know, the first one is to deliver the freebie. The second one is to establish authority. Well, what are we establishing authority about? You're an author. I mean, like right. you want people to know you can write, I guess. Right, right. So right. in my head, I go, okay, that's the translation. It's not right. authority, but rather like mastery of your craft. So right. maybe you want to talk about books that made you want to be a writer or a book in your genre that you really love and why, and you talk about it in an intelligent way, like a writer would. So that's the translation of that, like whatever. Um, and the third email is like, no, like, and trust, which is my least favorite phrase in the whole universe. Right. Right. Um, but okay. So that's about like building a relationship with people. So what are you going to do as an author in that third or whatever email? I'm not right. prescriptive about the order to establish a relationship and make people find you likable. And that's where you talk about the stuff you love. I've got an email in my welcome sequence course. I am talking about Ninja, which isn't fiction, but actually let's throw that out. I'm not going to tell you in my, um, (laughs) I do have a a one email, like welcome. That's not much of a sequence for my Tammy LeBrac romances, the ones that Mm -hmm. are written under my own name that no one reads, but it does get an occasional sign up, which is wild. Um, And the first email talks in part, there's a little segment where I talk about um, my love of the movie Labyrinth, Uh right? I Uh love a lot of things, but Labyrinth got the, got the, uh, got the, the spotlight in that one. So that's something that will make people identify with me if they like that. Probably not going to hate me if they don't. So it's fine. Right. And as time goes on, I will certainly talk more about the other stuff I like. In my ninja emails, for example, right. you're going to hear about Doctor Who, 1990s Nintendo, you know, <laughs> and SNES games and Taylor Swift. And it just like my whole thing um, mm-hmm. is just kind of here's me and I'm not for everyone. So back to the unsubscribe thing, I definitely get those. Um, But that kind of establishing some kind of rapport with people is the analogy for that. No, like trust thing. So to answer your question, which I'm obviously not good at, um, it depends because it depends on how much you have to talk to them about how close are you to the beginning or further along in your journey? How many books are in your catalog? Did I already say that? Um, If you've written 
I got romance writers that show up and they've written a hundred books, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be maybe a long sequence. How can we clump some of these books together? Yeah. Um, Maybe just send them to a page on the website. Yeah. I don't know. This is a lot. But if you've only got, you know, when my steamy romance pen name had a serial in progress and that was Mm -hmm. all there was, she had one welcome email. What Mm -hmm. was she going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Um, So it very, very much depends on how much of a deep dive you need to do, et cetera. The only prerequisites and you can handle them in one email is you just want to let them know who you are, what you write, why you write it and how it's different from what everybody else does. Yeah. Because that's really important. If you write romance, um, they're not hurting for romance authors. No. Or or any author, really, any genre. Yeah. So then you kind of set them apart. I write steamy romance with all the feels and there's always X, you know, Mm -hmm. like what food porn (laughs) would be mine. Man, do I love to write about what, I love to write about what people are eating. I love it. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, whatever, small towns or just, your thing right. small towns is actually probably not enough so right. you want kind of a, a unique sort of story about right. yourself and however long it takes you to do that and then tell them about your books if you have them and okay. that can get quite long yeah they can yeah. they can quite long yeah. well that is like worth the price of admission right there i mean that right was exactly awesome exactly. so thank you for the summary yeah <laughs> you're welcome i always got kind of tripped up because, you know, I started sending out emails before my book was even out um, mm-hmm. because I got a newsletter before the first book was, I mean, I got a list before the book was even out. And um, I was like, the whole thing about giving value, I'm like, what that, I don't, that tripped me up so right? much until I realized the value I gave was humor. I mean, mm-hmm. you know or telling a funny story or whatever. That was my value. And that is your value. <laughs> I, will, I will embarrass you. Sorry. By okay. telling you that you are literally probably no, not even probably you're one of the three funniest people I have ever known. Oh, thank you. Like, holy <laughs> moly, man, I am coming to Jamie for the laughs for the lols and I'm getting up. So yeah, definitely. Thank if you. you tell people, you know, I write see me small town romance about whatever and whatever, you know, for you would be mm-hmm. like rock stars and what yeah. sports guys, yeah. sports guys don't call sports them that, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be rolling, you know, rolling around with laughter. That's a right. promise you can make and keep. And yeah. not everybody can say that that's unique right. to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But that was, that was just really hard. But once I realized that I really leaned into that and, um, and then I, it was not hard to write because, and it wasn't even long. My newsletters are not long. I mean, they're just funny stories or funny observations or whatever. Um, and well, we'll talk about that, but, but that's, that's the whole thing. Once you realize what your value is, then once you, and you can lean into that, then that makes things a lot easier as far as what you put in them. I know Sarah has found that too, because she yeah. gives a lot of just information about yeah. her mysteries because that's what her readers yeah. love, you know? Yeah. I do a lot of background stuff. stuff. Yeah. A lot of the background stuff. And I I share a lot of recommendations of other authors that people would like. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to jump ahead to some questions we have specifically about newsletters. Okay. And then we may come back because I think we're, I think you have so much valuable information. Uh We may just camp out on newsletters and your tips and ideas. So uh, one thing we wanted to ask you was, about newsletter recommendations for new authors. So like you were saying, you know, maybe they don't have a whole lot of 
huge back catalog. So what would you recommend for somebody who's new, who's just building their list? For somebody who's just building their list, if you don't have any books at all, I think, like Jamie said, she started building her list before the books came out. And I think that that's even more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, way, way a while ago, uh, launches are unpredictable and weird. But one thing I can definitely tell you is that these days launching on Amazon to absolute crickets, your book is dead in the water. Just forget about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You either need to have some kind of seed newsletter. I don't care if it's 100 people um, that you can launch to and at least sell a handful of books. Or (laughs) if you can find one, get an author that sells really well in your genre to just Mm -hmm. give you a shout out. That's my method. Um, Not accessible to everybody. (laughs) Uh, But So if you start building your list beforehand and you launch to 500 people, that's going to sell 30 books, let's say. Hopefully it's a lot more, honestly, but it's going to sell, say, 30 books. Awesome. Then Amazon sees that someone has bought it. They can make those also bought connections, which they're not showing as much on our pages these days. And Mm -hmm. I hate that as a reader and as an author who uses it to kind of gauge what they're doing behind the scenes. Because, of course, their whole algorithm thing is just a black box. Right. right. We can only tell by when it spits out things like email recommendations or or also bots. But behind the scenes, they're making some connections based on the people who bought your book and other stuff that they buy and learning what kind of book it is and who they might show it to if if you're lucky. So um, I really think that launching just even to a tiny list is super important for people. It's part of why I wrote the, um, the Reader Magazine book if you mm-hmm. give a reader a cookie because yeah. I call them cookies because I'm like an infant but um if you give a reader a cookie and you do say a book funnel bundle or whatever that's called over on story origins you know the similar group mm-hmm. promo or whatever if you do something like that on one of those distributors then you're and you obviously can only do it with kind of other beginners which is fine but you build up your list a little bit a little bit a little bit before the book is out and then like I said, if you launch to 500 people, way right. different. So I'm definitely recommending if you don't have a book published yet, drop back and get 12,000, 15,000 words of some kind of reader magnet. Mm-hmm. There is a huge list in that book. This is not an infomercial, but the book's five bucks. So you can do it. Yeah. There's a huge list of possible reader magnets in there um, from prequels to epilogues and everything in between um stuff that will appeal to readers who already know you which is very Mm -hmm. useful for a lot of my authors but there's also ones that will appeal to people who have never read anything you've written before right so if you can do that get a get a a reader magnet out there that is a complete story you want people to know not sample chapters you want people to know that like you can tell a story you can Mm -hmm. nail the landing you can tell a satisfying story Mm -hmm. then you mail them a few times between when they join and when you finally get book one out, just telling them other books that they might like while they're waiting. Book one is in progress. Maybe you do a cover reveal if you're in one of the genres that likes that, like, you know, some do, some don't. Um, Maybe you send them little snippets of the work in progress, maybe send them a pre-order if you put it up for pre-order, et cetera. And you're just kind of keeping them aware of the book without just emailing every week saying books almost here because you obviously mm-hmm. deliver right. value right right um and that's awesome that helps so much like just with the start it helps so so much i definitely have some really recent case studies of people let's call them people who listen to me and people who don't And I will tell you the people that don't category is occupied almost entirely by my actual friends who don't seem to think I know anything, which is hilarious. I'm like, people pay me for this, you know, but okay. So 
writing the category of cozy mystery. I have some friends who recently launched and did not have any reader magnets and are spending a lot on ads and are not entirely happy with how their launches went. And I have a couple of students who've launched cozy mysteries to five or six or 700 people. And I know at least one of them, because I was talking to him the other day, his two books, he has two out now, and they're both at around 20,000 in the store, like the rank. No one's going to retire on two books at 20,000 in the store, but it's a damn sight better than what you do when nobody's buying at all. Right. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. And that's, that can help you. Even if you have a small loyal following, Yes, small, Mm -hmm. that's all you really need to get going. So, yeah. And if you do have just a few books, you know, one or two books you've started, Mm -hmm. they're not maybe doing as great as you want. And you think I probably should get on this newsletter thing. Everyone's banging on about Um. (laughs) Same thing. Drop back 12 or 15,000 words. Pretend you for a minute that you don't have any books. Mm -hmm. Do the bundles. Do the newsletter swaps. Mm -hmm. If you've made friends in your genre because you've got a couple books and you're doing a little networking, maybe approach a friend and say, would you send this to your list and just have them go download it? Yeah. In that case, I always actually make it so that people don't have to sign up to get the because it's rude to tell someone you send this to your list and I'll steal everybody. But if you send them one that doesn't have any sign up requirement, but really kills it with that call to action. Uh-huh. And you wrote a good story, you right. will get a decent amount of conversion out of that. And it was free. So yeah. <laughs> like free advertising. So yeah. just do the networking that you can and do like bundles and groups and so right. forth in the same way you would if you were new, only now you have two books to tell them about. So in that mm-hmm. welcome sequence, it's going to be if you liked this cookie, you can just seamlessly move right on to book one, which right. is in yeah. the same world or has the same characters or whatever. Right. That's perfect. I love yeah. it. I love it. So what about recommendations for established authors that that haven't really gotten on this newsletter newfangled thing, which so, is no, not newfangled. <laughs> right? Hello, 1990. Yeah, um, exactly. So I guess maybe 96. But anyway, um, for established authors, I actually have... Um, So I have this whole course on automations and the first two weeks is welcome sequences for authors with big catalogs. Not that that doesn't mean people with no catalogs don't show up because they're like number one learner or whatever. They just want the info. They just want to know. (laughs) But um, if you have a really big catalog, this is another one of those deals where I take the internet marketing info and kind of Mm -hmm. analogize guys analog make it analogous uh-huh. to um to what authors are doing if you join someone's you pick up a freebie and they're going to start trying to like sell you their low ticket offer then their coaching or no mm-hmm. then their course then their coaching right that's their yeah. offer ladder yeah you don't have an offer ladder but what you have is a catalog of books right so you do the exact same thing you walk them through your catalog of books mm-hmm. um not in a like and now buy this one and now buy this one mm-hmm. but by telling people the lesson in the class actually is called the story of your books right. so that's what you're going to do is just tell them the story of your books here's the first book i wrote and here's why i love it here's my best-selling series and here's why I love it. And like, give them give them this sort of picture of what it is that they can expect from you. I mean, and they all link to where they can buy you're not running a charity here. Right. It's not like a big heavy sell. It's just like a here's how you can get to know me. And yes. if, you're, if you're some of my romance authors, my catalog of 100 books. Yes. Um, that's a lot. Like maybe go yeah. easy on them. you don't need to hear yeah. about all. That. Um, yeah. So that's it. It's just a matter of showing them what it is that you have for them. Okay. Um, 
in an engaging and fun way. But I still also want people to always kind of have back pocketed those stories that we talked about before, why you write, who you are, what you write, why you write it, and how it's different from the way everybody else writes it. That's kind of, I got to come up with an acronym for that. You know, that's your kind of your origin story. That's your why, if you will, of what you do. And if people, if you can pop that out for people and best case scenario, they can then regurgitate that to other people. Other people, yeah. You become a recommendation, right? Oh, she writes like these steamy kind of small town ones, but they are like laugh out loud funny. Mm -hmm. That's what you've been saying to your list this whole time. And eventually, Jamie, that's what they're going to say to the people when they're pushing their book, your books at them. Right, right. And so definitely have those as well. Those kind of back pocket stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as most of you know, I, we started this podcast so we could get all the information. Uh, and so I'm going to use this as very, um, this is about me today. Uh, and so when my sister first got sick, but well, when she really got sick back in May, I emailed my list and just said, Hey, like we've gotten some really crappy news. I don't know when I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know that I may not, you may not hear from me. They have not. (laughs) You've been busy. November. So what would you say for someone who hasn't, and and prior to that, even though I don't release fast, like once a year, once nine months, once a year, I was still emailing my list every two weeks. And uh, I know, know. (laughs) I do listen to you, Tammy. (laughs) But um, so now I've gone, you know, what, almost six months without emailing at all. What what does someone like me do to re-engage with a list of about 20,000 people, you know? So So I wish I'd known back when Sarah asked me what the most popular questions are. (laughs) I wish I'd remembered that that is also a question I get a ton. Like it happens, um, particularly in a situation where people are just like, I don't know what to write. You have a like whole situation, but a lot of times people just ghost their list because, eh, I don't know. Um, And I get it. I totally get it. Um, So my recommendations for you specifically, honestly, probably would be a little bit different for a lot of other people because of- Do the the other people. We don't have to do me. (laughs) We're going to do you first. And I will tell you actually in my, um, my, my, my advanced automations course, I guess uh-huh. that's what I, I was going to say, I guess that's what I'll call it. That is what I call it. What the hell? Yeah. Um, but in my advanced automations course, we do uh, weekly workshops. And so like six people will show up and we do exactly this. And oh. honestly, people find it really illustrative to hear me talk to someone else, even though their situation isn't the same. Yeah. So okay. we will mm-hmm. talk about you too, because people will get it. Yeah. But the, the thing that sets you apart from someone who's just kind of ghosted their list because mm-hmm. eh, what do I have to say is twofold. First of all, you had a situation. And second, you warned them ahead of time. So that's super helpful. They are kind of out there hanging a little bit Mm -hmm. and waiting to hear from you again. Generally, when people ghost their list, what happens is they they want to come back in and be like, oh, I'm so sorry I was gone for so long. And here's a long explanation of all the reasons I wasn't here. And it was really tragic. And I'm just going to make sure that I talk to you uh, regularly from now, blah, blah, blah. And my advice to them always is don't assume that people even noticed. Like, I'm sorry. Right. That's right. Me. Sure. I don't think they did notice. Yeah. But I think your people probably did notice mm-hmm. the ones who open and pay attention anyway, yeah. because you told them what, where you, yeah. were, that you were leaving and that you would be gone a while and why. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different for people who haven't given any warning. Please do not slide in and tell everybody about, you know, how your dog was sick and then you had to travel and everybody got COVID and yeah. just don't be weird. You just show up and say, Hey, long time. No, see, I haven't gotten in touch with you for six, eight months, two years, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten in touch with you for a while. Um, and sorry about that. Here's something cool, a link, a freebie, a reminder of your cookie, a recommendation right. of somebody else's book. And um, just expect to hear from me more regularly from now on and get the hell out. Like, yeah. don't be weird. Yeah. For you, Jamie, though, honestly, mm-hmm. I genuinely recommend that without, obviously, you don't want to drag everybody like down. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. send up an email and everybody's crying like yeah, me. Yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. But you do want to show up and say, yeah. You know, I told you back in May that my sister was sick and unfortunately yeah. she did pass last month. I'm regrouping, but I do yeah. want to start talking to you guys again because that's a highlight of my, you know, my week yeah. Yeah. is figuring out what to say to you. Uh-huh. And I'm slowly starting back writing again. I would love to hear from you. Hit reply yes. if you got this email and just let me know that you saw it. Um, the reason that I say that is because your main problem is not going to be like psychological or like relationship problem with your right. fan base. It's right. going to be technological just in yes. that they haven't opened an email from you in a long time. It's right. going to be a little bit harder for you to land in an inbox. Right. So give them something super clicky, give them a subject line that's very openable, yeah. you know, and I don't yeah. honestly know what that is, but I bet, I bet you'll come up with something. Yeah, um, A subject line is very openable, something inside the email that's super, super clicky and ask them to reply because that's like the trifecta, technologically speaking, that will make Gmail, Hotmail, whoever love you. Okay. Um, Then you get 50 billion replies. So don't promise to answer them. Okay, good. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) When your list is like 200 people, who cares? You can answer them all. But I did send one exceptional email under my steamy romance pen name once way back. I asked a a very answerable question that I cannot uh, say on this podcast (laughs) Um, and got like, I don't know, 800 replies or something nonsense like that. And I, I I had said I would, I would answer them. (laughs) And that was a whole situation. A lot of copy and pasting. Thank God. Yeah. Um, So uh, ask them a question, give them something super clicky and make sure it's really, really openable because that's going to be it. Okay. Um, Actually, those three things, uh, really openable, ask, give them something clicky and ask for a reply would apply to the other people as well. There's always a technological problem. You get a big ding in deliverability when you haven't sent in a while. Well, that was the thing, like, because she passed away a month ago yesterday, and I was going to send an email, like, the week after she passed away to say, but honestly, the thought of getting those emails back, you know, replies back, and feeling like I had to answer them was just, I couldn't do it. I just was not in the headspace to do it. But if I don't give, if I don't say I'm going to answer them, then I don't have to. No, <laughs> you can advance for thinking of me or something <laughs> like that, because I just, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, you definitely can it, set the expectation right there. Just okay. hit reply and let me know that you got this email, but I expect that'll be a lot of you. So don't be offended if I don't reply. And then Perfect. they're like, okay, I won't expect it, but they'll still Perfect. probably do it. And just by virtue of human nature, they're all going to want to say, sorry, that's yeah. how people yeah. are. So yeah, they're going to want to, yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which obviously that's not, well, there's a positive, like, what am right. I going to like, what, but right. it is just kind of human nature. So you will probably get a lot of replies and that's okay. going to help you right. as mercenary and weird as that is to say. Yeah. 
Well, and um, I have always put books, other people's books in my newsletter. Every time I send out, I have someone's book. So that makes it clickable too, you know, yep. that they, they would click and stuff. So, okay, that's cool. That's For cool. your people, especially with the way that they go through books, you know, yeah. I yeah. romance readers, God love them. I love them so much. Sometimes the way I talk about them, you'd think I don't because I'm always yeah. like mocking them, but I am a romance reader. So yeah. when I yeah. am mocking them, I am talking about me. Myself, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. me, I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> and so, especially with your people where they go through books so, so quickly, giving them a recommendation. Oh, finally, I just yeah. finished the book 10 minutes ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you. That, that you really does welcome. help. I think it would help other people people because I can't yeah. be the only one that hasn't yeah. email prior to the email in May it had been like six weeks since I emailed them and so I did title that with no I'm not dad that was <laughs> that was the <laughs> subject line and so I can't really use that or anything like that no we're definitely not going to use the word dead oh my god every seriously though I'm a crier as yeah. you know from pre-recording yes. Yes. and uh I would just totally cry when I got yeah. your yeah Oh, so yeah. I'll do something else, but um, yeah, yeah, I think too. that's really good. I'm not <laughs> great at, with, at subject lines, though. I will say I'm that. still not dead, but like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you going to say? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm, I'm so sure. sure. I know. Um, so um, P.S. My sister would think that was funny. So oh, good. Yeah. I'm so glad. So totally I mean, funny. it is kind of funny, but like, oh, my God. <laughs> what in the? Oh, my God. She would think that was funny. Good Lord. We're not going to when I sent, um, I sent an email last year, last summer, I guess it was just a little over a year ago, actually. Um, a good friend of mine who was an author, an indie author, Dawn Lee McKenna was her yeah. name. She wrote like Southern, these very uh -huh. like Southern atmospheric, um, uh, sort of thrillers. Suspense uh -huh. is more actually yeah. accurate. Um, she passed away from cancer because cancer uh, is a bleeped out yeah. word. Um, and uh, so she passed away and I sent an email to my list, which also got me the highest unsubscribe rate I've ever had. So I don't oh know, gosh, man. It so wasn't like, it was not like, eh. yeah. um, she was a really funny person. She would right. have been in the top three with you, yeah. you know, before she passed away. Um, and uh, so I sent an email and it just talked about a lot of the things that she liked. She loved Martin uh -huh. uh, Sheen and, uh, the specific band and all of this uh -huh. kind of stuff and some stuff she didn't like. And there was a little graphic she had done about a spider that was funny. Anyway, um, at the end, I said something to the effect of like, um, you know, go hug somebody that you love. And in yeah. the absence of somebody that you love, I don't know, make a stranger's day. Yeah. And then I said, P.S. Dawn would have loved that joke. Yes. So <laughs> if you can pull off a joke in that email yeah. and then just say, Joni would have loved that joke. Yeah. People yeah. will totally love that. Yeah. Or they'll yeah. unsubscribe in droves. I don't know. And that's <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's a big list. I can, I it can really was my highest unsubscribe rate. I was like, oh my God, it wasn't even a downer. It was a very celebratory yeah. email. Yeah. And so, mine would yeah. be too. So, I don't know. yeah. So that's great though. Anything else? Like, like just think about your average author that's struggling with email. Is there anything else we can give them today to either lead them to your courses or books or make them feel a little bit better about what they're doing. So spoiler, I'm kind of dismantling my entire course empire okay. into something smaller and more bite-sized for mm -hmm. people. Um, one of the things I think that's really prohibitive, for example, is that if you want to learn about automations, how it's been set up for the last few years is you can do nothing. <laughs> you can learn nothing from <laughs> right. me. 
Or you can take my, it's my most expensive and I'm putting that in quotes because it's $299, which is not a lot in course world, but a lot of indie authors are bootstrapping. So I always have tried to keep it as low as I could, but you can give me the $299 and then learn welcome sequences, list hygiene sequences, launch sequences, um, uh, fun automations like book birthdays. Like it's this whole giant thing, right? Well, for goodness sakes, maybe people would just like some pieces of that is what I have finally come to realize. So I'm kind of breaking everything down and there's not really going to be a ton for people to buy, but I do have um, some cool freebies. Oh, that's the best way to do it. They're just um, little sort of checklists, little cheat sheets on. Mm -hmm. I have one called 10 tips for writing emails. People want to read. So there you go. Newsletterninja.net slash newsletter is where you can get that. Um, you have to sign up for the list. Sorry. I know that's pretty meta, but there <laughs> yeah. you go. Uh, but the list is good and you'll like it. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's yeah. worth um, it. So that gets you that cheat sheet. And then I deliver the others as the sequence goes on. So there's okay. one on subject lines and there's a very new one, which I've just made, which is how to get your social media followers to join your newsletter. There's some tips in there for pulling oh, everybody yeah. back in. Yes, that's a great day. one. Yes. I think it's super important for us all to be on social media, but these days it seems like a new platform crops up all the time and it's not like one goes away it's not the one in one out rule Uh for your closet or whatever so there's just more and more and more all the time am i on pinterest am i on tiktok am i on instagram blah 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 i have to be everywhere well what if you could kind of just take your newsletter content repurpose it out a little bit for social media and always be driving those people back towards you yes and then god freaking forbid you drop off social media for a little while or a platform goes haywire or gets you know bought by elon musk i'm just saying or you uh get kicked (laughs) off god forbid (laughs) Mm -hmm. it could imagine imagine a world where or you get kicked off facebook because we know that they'll yank accounts and stuff for reasons we don't understand right not really any recourse right um I actually saw a, a post from an author whose name escapes me, which is a bummer, um, saying uh, this, it said, this is why I have a newsletter. And then it said mm-hmm. that he, it was a Facebook post. And then it said that he had lost his Instagram account mm-hmm. and he didn't even know why. Yeah. And there's really no appeal possible. So right. I won't be on Instagram anymore. If you're not on my newsletter, you really need to get over there. Cause that's yeah. where I'll always be able to find you. Right. So those are the three cheat sheets. The, um, what to put in the email subject lines and how to get your social media followers on. That's fantastic. That's yeah. great. So, yeah, we'll and then they'll be able to hear about all the other stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So that was newsletter ninja.net forward slash newsletter. Is that that right? is correct. Okay. Awesome. So I have two quick questions because sure. as we wrap up, we've kind of been going for a while. So, um, but I wanted to ask about magnets. Okay. So um, what are you, what is your opinion on, um, a magnet that is not fiction, like maybe like for a cozy author, maybe a cookbook or, uh, you know, do the, do those work? Would you recommend those or would you recommend fiction? I think that they work best for people who already like your books. And in that case, I think they work like gangbusters, actually. Um, if you have built kind of a world in your cozies and they're like food cozies, cupcakes yeah. or baking or whatever that business is, and then you give them, you know, here's a little cookbook. I think that they really love that. They make the leap really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that are not, uh, you know, a story would be like uh, family trees, if you write like regencies or family sagas or whatever. Maps, if you write epic like or sword and sorcery yeah. fantasy people love a map um there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do you can do swag as long as it's not tremendously expensive obviously like a bookmark or mm-hmm. something um that kind of stuff is great 
it does tend to only work for people who know you because they're kind of becoming fans anyway, and they want like adjunct material about your world. For people who are coming in who've never heard of you, I feel like it's always got to be a story. And I just want it to be complete, but it can be super short. So that's also good. Cozy people are probably the ones who push back the most when I tell them to write a reader magnet, which is funny. Um, But maybe you'll identify and be like, yeah, I totally agree. Um, They're the ones that I always hear say, oh, but I don't, what would I even write a reader magnet about? Like they feel, I think like, you know, fantasy authors can do like a prologue about the history of the you know world that they've built and uh, romance writers can just write a little romance about a side character or an extended epilogue or whatever um cozy authors give me i think maybe more trouble than anyone else um troublemakers but you (laughs) totally can the whole premise of your cozy here i'll give you a reader magnet idea the whole premise of your cozy is that you've got this nosy sleuth right like she's not a cop there's no reason for her to be involved in this stuff (laughs) except that she's nosy She's nosy. Yeah. She's like nosy. So, okay, that's great. She probably didn't become nosy yesterday. So was there a super low stakes thing that happened yeah. maybe back in high school or there was a weird like mystery at her, I don't know, wedding, like be crazy mm-hmm. with it yeah. and tell about a time that she had to solve a little mini mystery. Maybe we don't need a dead body in this one, maybe, right. you know, whatever, but some place where those tendencies of hers showed up. Yeah. Um, I feel like I also have a cozy author. Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember if it was a student or a friend. I think it actually was a friend who listened to me for a change. Um, who wrote their um, their they wrote sort of a prequel about the main character, our cozy sleuth, about her mom, who back in the day was also a nosy Nelly and got uh-huh. herself into trouble. And yeah. with the idea being kind of like that's where she learned it from, yeah. like watching yeah. her mom. And the mom is also a character in the book. She's kind of a you know always meddling and giving her opinion about whatever. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. um, the prequel was about her for example so there's two ideas right there guys you can do it well and i will say that one of my best um like at the end reader magnets Mm -hmm. is a um i had written it's in the second book and i had written it about a wedding like in the book they talk about this thing that happened at this wedding and Mm -hmm. so i had written it but it was going to have to be a flashback and to me it just was too long and i don't love flashbacks but i had written the thing and so I give that away. Perfect. Yeah. Like I literally love that so I, much. And it it is my best one. It I do. It, that does not surprise me because you get to the end and go, do you want to hear about what happened at the wedding? Mm-hmm. That thing that they mentioned and it puts a little hook in a reader's brain. Right. And then you go, do you want to hear about what, whatever? And they're like, yeah, of course I do. That is so good. If you can do yeah. um, what I've heard it called and what I call it is a side story. Yeah. So it's not really a spinoff. It's just a thing that took place outside yes. the action. And honestly, I mean, like you said, it, did, it slowed down the book. It didn't feel yeah. like it, should be there, it didn't feel like it should be in there. So mm-hmm. just plucking it out and the story story is perfectly fine without it is a really good sign that it's additional material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in fact, going forward, I think when writing, I'm going to make not every time, but I'm going to be thinking about that when I'm writing yes. so that I can have something at the end, especially for a first in series sort of thing. So this is what I call baking it in because yeah. I'm hilarious, <laughs> right? So if you bake that cookie in, 
yes. to the to the to the thing as you're writing it. It's yeah. really organic and yeah. it feels very natural for people to want to do it. I give an example. I do a whole long, long case study in the book about an urban fantasy series uh, by an author named Ginevra Black. And that urban fantasy series has a side story like yours, Jamie, is the reader magnet. So over the course of the story, the it the character's a necromancer, but she doesn't know it. You know, like yeah, not knowing yeah. you have powers is urban fantasy 101. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a necromancer. She doesn't know it. She accidentally reanimates her dead hamster in oh, the first yeah. scene. Yeah. But she doesn't know. So she's like, he doesn't look so good. I think he's sick. <laughs> and they take him to the emergency vet and they uh-huh. leave him there. Uh-huh. So then the book progresses, whatever. We don't talk about him for a while. Hervé, the hamster. And then partway through the book, after she has figured out who she is, she's got a zombie sidekick hijinks have ensued and someone mentions the hamster and she's like oh crap (laughs) we we took a zombie hamster to the vet and she and her sidekick look at each other and they take off the next time you see them there's chapter in between from someone the next time you see them they're sitting in his car with an empty hamster cage and she's like let's not ever talk about that again so when you get to the end and it says you want to find out when they went to get her at the vet yeah yeah that is a no-brainer people want that so bad and it's just it's a hook it's hugely hooky and i have not been able to engineer any of that for myself for anything i wrote but man i'm keeping my eye out yeah Yeah. i gotta figure it out number one ideation will serve me well there i think that's great that's great Sarah, did you have another question? Yeah, you said I do. Two. I have one short question. So Shoot. talking about um, replies, it's like it's <laughs> Sarah's thing. <laughs> Jamie's laughing hysterically in the background. So I have set up a lot of things in my automations to ask people, like, "Hey, reply and let me know uh, what first mysteries you read. You know, what mysteries did you love?" So now I'm getting to the point where it is difficult for me to answer everybody. So what would be your advice? Like if you're grown to the point that it's difficult to answer, but I feel like that's something that if I emailed an author and they replied back, Oh, I would love it. You, they, yes, you would love it. They will love it. I'm trying to figure out what it's called here. Okay. So here's what I did during that, that thing. Yeah, it was nuts. So it was a question about, um, the Avengers, (laughs) which, which (laughs) it was basically which superhero it was steamy romance so you know figure it out um (laughs) and it had a dirty word right in the title I mean like she didn't pull any punches so there was that so which Avenger do you think you know um a lot of responses turns out people have very strong opinions about that (laughs) immediately and the answer is Thor I just want you all to know that right off the gate well that's good to know note that down Sarah that is like it was like 92 (laughs) percent you guys I am not (laughs) kidding it was so it was a route it was like nobody else was even close but anyway so people replied and mostly said Thor at which point like what I did was use uh, what at the time Gmail called it canned responses. Now they call them mm-hmm. templates, but uh-huh. you basically type something in your Gmail and then there's a little, you know, three dots down at the bottom, the little, I think it's called a hamburger. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so you click on that and you can create a template and it will just take the text that you put in that email and it will save it. And then so the next time someone says Thor, you hit reply, hit that template, done. You can also do the same thing just by copying and pasting. Frankly, it's probably a little faster now that I think about it. But sometimes I had to write something else and then I have to come Uh back to the template. So you just copy and paste the same answer and just get through it um, if you told them you would reply. And certainly if it's something that seems like it would expect a reply. So um, 
Yeah, that's what I did. Just the Thor answer, I remember vividly because I pasted it 4,500 times. And it was, uh, you won't be surprised to learn that he took an early and decisive lead. And that was my answer. (laughs) Um, And then there were some people who were kind of one-offs and them I replied to individually. There was a lady who said He-Man, which for years I've been like, that's a cartoon, ma'am. But I actually just found out that there was a a live action He-Man with, I think, Rutger Hauer. And so I get it. Now yeah, I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, just do some copying and pasting and yeah. and call it good. But if you can, like in Jamie's case, where we know she's going to get a swarm of responses and she doesn't necessarily want to reply to all of them because yeah. it's a little bit of a downer, yeah. you can just say, don't be upset if I don't reply. I know there will be a lot. Yeah. yeah. And let yeah. it go. Okay. Good to know. That's but good. soliciting. I don't want to let anyone down. No, but soliciting replies is hugely, hugely important if you can do it. The, um, so we talk a lot in the circles I run in anyway, about things like spam filters and what Mm -hmm. kind of things get you red flagged and all of that kind of stuff. And those things are important to think about. And they, I mean, obviously they do matter, but they honestly don't matter quite as much as they used to because the AI is getting, I was going to say smarter, but it's not getting smarter, (laughs) but it's getting somewhat more sophisticated in that it is better able to judge actual engagement, which is going to come from click through and from replying and having conversations with you. It's less concerned and you're more able to get away with words like free or links to Amazon or whatever. If right. your engagement in terms of clicks and replies has always been high, yeah. the, the the robots love you a little bit better. So okay. replies are great. But yes, when you 800 of them land in your inbox, it's awful. I get a ton of replies over at the Ninja inbox. Um, every time I send a newsletter, I get a lot of replies from people. One, because my newsletters are kind of funny and people will often reply and be like, that was hilarious. But mm-hmm. also people reply and just say like, I'm replying. So your engagement's good. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Like, thank, thank you. you. No, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Because my my open rates are awesome and I love that. Yeah. But also like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. It can be really yeah. hard, but I do try to answer everybody. Okay. Great. Jamie, did you have anything else? Nope. That's it. It It was awesome having you, Tammy. It was just so good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to have been here. Well, let's tell this funny story. Okay. When we first started the podcast, I messaged Tammy to say, hey, or about a year ago. I don't know when it was, but it was a while ago. I messaged, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? Tammy messaged me about just a couple of months ago and said, um, I just saw this and I've been deeply offended that I hadn't been asked to be on the podcast. My feelings were so hurt. I was like, Jamie and I are friends. Why doesn't she ever ask me to be on our podcast? And I'm like, that's totally my nature, by the way. I would never think there's a glitch. She yeah. thinks I'm too busy. Yeah. She, like, I would never think of something positive. I'm just like, Jamie secretly hates me. And that's <laughs> so sad because I really like her. And that's just, I've been carrying that for like however long <laughs> since you sent that message. Like oh. this is, people are crazy and I'm talking about me. Um, So I'm really glad that I got to be here because now I'm happy again. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. So the moral that's of that hilarious. story is check your email. Check your messages. Check yeah, your like messages. I have no idea why I didn't see it. Oh, my God. I'm, yeah. I have no idea. Like, it was even still marked as unread. So it's not yeah. like it was yeah. It was right there. <laughs> Whatever, Tammy. Uh, well, we will have all the links in the show notes. And that's they will awesome. be at com. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Tammy. And we will see everybody next week. Oh, and thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. 
See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.